Hi, this is future Echo and Mana talking to maybe the past. We did not acknowledge that this is episode 69, and I'm just going to put this at the beginning because we have to acknowledge that this is <laughs> number 69. I specifically requested to be your 69th episode because no matter how old I get, I will always be a fourth grader at heart <laughs> with a child sense of humor. <laughs> Well, you said that, and then I tried to have you on the show months ago, and you would have been not number 69, and it like didn't work for other reasons. And then here we are on accident. We just recorded for two hours and didn't even think about this. I did this very purposefully. I was like, oh, no, I can't record this week. It's uh, bad astro weather's just similar time. You're listening to The Real Witches of the End Times, transmissions straight from the underworld. Doom Witches, Blood Wizards, Underworld Accountants, and Cloud People. Welcome back to the Real Witches of the End Times podcast. I'm your host, Mana Aelin. This week, I've got my friend Echo here, who we've been chatting for a bit. Echo's an astrologer, a reality adjuster, an esoteric herbalist, and an incense maker, amongst other things. This is this is her chosen list of sundries for today. Mine tends to change pretty frequently, and so I you know, leave it up to people to, to grow and be who they are. So I, I did ask her before what what I should say, because the last time that Echo was here was the end of 2020. I don't think we recorded. You, we did a Patreon in the summer of 2021, but we didn't record a main feed during that year. I can't believe how much time has passed, honestly, since I started this show and also like not that much time. But today, before I start getting off on a whole tangent about time. Echo's here to talk about her haunted teeth. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so. <laughs> you gotta make the noise, Mana. Come on. We practiced this. <laughs> I did want to talk about, like, Venus retrograde and some of those other, like, timely astrological things were going on. And then this whole case study thing happened. And I'm absolutely fascinated. I haven't heard all of the details. Mostly what I do know is that Echo basically had her wisdom teeth removed. But it's also an astrologer and very spiritual person. And so as a result, it has become a case study of um, haunted teeth. So take it away, Echo, if you want to get us started here with uh, what's going on there. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I feel very seen. Um, Yeah, I got my wisdom teeth out on the 29th of December. And usually whenever I have to schedule things, I just open up my my astrology app and glance and make sure nothing too horrific is going on (laughs) it's a really very interesting set of transits that were happening that day and the more that i started thinking about them the more and like going back in time and tracing the transits for specific things that were happening uh, i just started to really notice some very specific patterns And I had been joking that my teeth had been haunted, my wisdom teeth specifically, 
had been haunted for a hot minute, but it wasn't until I actually got them out and, that I was like, oh, fuck, these are no longer in my body and I feel a thousand times better. I think there was just a, a weight that got lifted off of me and I slept the best that I have ever slept, I think probably in my life the past few nights. And that's after, you know, surgery. So I think that's a pretty good way to start it. I don't know. But we can talk about Venus retrograde, actually. We can talk about the current transits and things that are happening right now. It's pretty intense. The way that I like to speak about astrological concepts is I like to teach people how to think like an astrologer and not necessarily just have an authoritarian stance on this means this and only this. Um, I think that's very much a, a give teach a person to fish and they'll have a bunch of fish and microplastics for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's more useful. So yeah, right now we're going through Venus retrograde, which I personally am utilizing to its fullest extent uh, by having bones ripped out of my face so that I can feel more beautiful. What have you done this Venus retrograde to reconfigure your standard of beauty? I have been trying to, I mean, I don't, I didn't really know. I still don't really understand what Venus retrograde is. I guess for me, like the past several months, I have felt the way I had developed a relationship with constant astrology was more of a doom scrolly, like astrological doom scroll situation. <laughs> and so I have purposely removed myself from like any knowledge of what's going on. I also don't really understand the basics of it still other than things that pertain directly to my chart. So I felt like I would be given all this information and people would be like, oh my God, this is happening. And I'm like, now I just feel like there's a threat in the room that I don't understand, which is like way scarier to me than something that I do understand. I do know that there's been a bunch of weird stuff that's happening, but if the if you've if you're asking me what I have been doing to reconfigure like beauty for myself and things like that, I weirdly have been into soup the past couple of weeks. <laughs> And <laughs> and I am not like a soup person. Like I I don't order it when I go somewhere. I don't seek soup out. Really, you seem like someone who seeks out soup. I just needed to have that alliteration. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> I have a lot of like digestive stuff. And one thing that I've been trying to work on, because there's a naturopath that I work with, with some of the, the things that I just deal with in my everyday life, is really trying to essentially eat tavern food for myself more often. And that's what I call it to make it more fun. But it's like slow roasted meats, slow roasted veggies, warm things, things that aren't, aren't going to irritate me, essentially. And I was like, well, I do like potatoes and I do like leeks so let's just make potato leek soup and that's should be so simple but I'm not good at tasks like that sometimes like I, it's just my I'm not good maybe the better phrasing is I'm not used to focus tasks like cooking for an extended period of time that requires specific steps I'm not a big fan of like stuff like that. I like to put something down, have it do its thing, and then I come back to it when it's burnt in the oven. That's more of how I cook in general. So to have like a full 
processed, very involved situation with this the soup recipe that is not complicated at all. It's just like potatoes, leeks. You can add celery if you want. Um, canned coconut milk, not even broth. Like the recipe I went with used water instead of broth, so you could really get the flavors of the of the vegetables. Which I was like, I would I want to know what that's about. So I actually really like it that way. And then you add spices and an immersion blender. Um, and there's just steps that you have to saute the leeks. You have to chop up everything. These are very basic cooking things that just I don't really enjoy sometimes. And I my life in my everyday sense is typically like every day is really different. And I have really been recognizing the past year how not good for me that is. And I've had for the first time in a really long time, like the space to actually slow down and say to myself, okay, this soup should take 30 minutes to make. It will take me three hours for some weird reason. I'll forget I'm making it. I'll chop up something, walk in the other room, start putting laundry away, forget I was had a potato <laughs> out, you know, it's stuff like that, that I just like is normal for me. And I had the time to do it. And so I like marinated chicken in a bag so it could do its own thing. And then I made this soup and I loved the soup partially because I made it. And so I felt really good about it. And then I made enough of it where I was, it was like basically sippable. And then I noticed that I just had a feeling that I should save, save it so I could drink it in the morning actually. And so then I started drinking the soup in the morning when I woke up, I heated up obviously like a small amount, like a cup. Cause I don't drink coffee or anything. So I just always like some tea or something like that, that I'll do in the morning. And I just kept doing it. And then I made more soup. And then I noticed my skin is significantly less red than it normally is. And I have rosacea on like the bridge of my nose and the tops of my cheeks that usually when I don't have foundation on or an Instagram filter, because surprise, I always put that on there because I'm <gasps> self-conscious about this. Who would have thought? Um, I actually yeah, would like, have. That's a big old spoiler. Wow. Have to digest that. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, illusion. But mm-hmm. it, it, to me, you know, it's that same thing where most people aren't really going to notice it. Even when, when I live with my other roommate, she's like, she's like, yeah, like you have that thing, but it's not something I, I like thought about. And it's like, well, I think about it whenever I don't have something on and someone sees me. Same with like my jaw thing now that I've got going. But it basically looks like I have a little bit too much sun, and I was wearing sunglasses. Like that's, that's what it looks like. That's even how people describe this type of facial thing. It's like, looks like a, you have a sunburn, but I noticed how much it went down. And I'm also not a person I have to emphasize that I don't eat out really at all because of my food allergies. There's very limited amounts of foods that I can really eat. There's times, there's certain things I can't eat together. So I'm already like a really food health conscious person. And it has blown my mind that I've just had this thing going on and I don't know what the underlying reason is other than it improved a lot when I stopped eating gluten and things like that. But when I started drinking the soup for like a week and a half, it just went down so much. And then I just went in this whole rabbit hole about potatoes and leeks and their benefits. And I did know, I've known for a couple of years now, that potatoes have more vitamin C than an orange. Just saying. I didn't know that editing mana here what i meant to say in this interview is that potatoes have almost as much vitamin c as an orange still a lot of vitamin c but not more than an orange anyway back to the show yeah they people give them bad rap because they're 
oh, they're a starch. And they're like not colorful. No, they have so much vitamin C. I'm not talking about potato chips, unfortunately, everyone. But you know what I mean. And then leeks are just, it's literally, you look it up and people talk about how like amazing it is for your skin and antioxidants and whatever, which is like people talk about with every vegetable. But like when you look up leeks, it's specifically that. And so it's like, wow, I had this weird personal gnosis situation of not, even now, like hearing you ask me about what have you been doing to like revamp beauty or whatever. And I haven't even been thinking about that, but still somehow I've had this specific result. I think it's weird. And so that's my story. I loved it. That's wonderful. And I know it's it's going to sound like a stretch, but that's actually a wonderful example of uh, of Venus in retrograde uh, going through Capricorn, um, kind of a, a habit that you're shifting. Capricorn energy is not just our, our heritage, our lineage, it's our physical bones, but it's a, a Saturnian ruled sign. So it's roots, it's just the underground, the decay and all of that fun stuff. But potatoes are absolutely roots. And the repetitive pattern that earth signs are absolutely known for is the most complicated within the sign of Capricorn. This is like generational uh, patterning. It's patterning within like the veins of leaves. It's on like the microscopic level. It's the building blocks that make up all of our lives. So changing our eating habits, and I know I have too, um, especially in this particular time period, just by necessity of having bones ripped out of my face. Funnily enough, I was going to text you about the fact that I got home from my wisdom tooth extraction and then immediately started making soup. I had a huge craving for split <laughs> pea soup. I had just randomly gotten yellow split peas at the market, which I never really buy. Yeah, I just whipped it up and I made it. It was a very similar story where this is now a cooking show, everyone. Um, but Astro cooking. Yeah, that, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. You might have just given me my new career. Yo, I will be catering specifically to you and people who have food allergies. We that's what your Patreon episode was that I was on, which is we were talking about certain indicators in a natal chart that would predispose you to physiological issues like allergies. And it has a lot to do with Venus, interestingly enough, as well as the moon and Mars and you know, literally all of the planets, but in very specific ways and reasons. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all with your complex set of of health rules that you need to implement. That's a really wonderful example. Does that help at all? Or did you just kind of throw it in the air and, <laughs> and let it rain down? <laughs> Beautiful soup messages. I hadn't put that together until I was talking about it. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to know that my strange whims or in line astrologically i don't know why i'm continually surprised when that happens it's like whenever a spell works it's like the fuck we're both so <laughs> incredibly intuitive and magical and also weirdly connected to one another in specific ways so mm -hmm. uh i'm also always really surprised when something like that works but I mean, Venus rules the skin, among many other things, and Capricorn is also 
you know, it's as a sign, Capricorn is your bones, the physical structure of your body. But as it's ruled by Saturn, uh, Saturn is the skin in regards to it's a protective barrier. So Venus is your skin as it's clear, it's clean, it's beautiful. And uh, Saturn is the fact that it's keeping all of your juices inside of your body. You're like a, a skin capsule walking around. So I'm not surprised at all that your skin issues are being meticulously reprogrammed by the things that you're consuming, especially uh, with root vegetables and more healthy, beautiful, fresh food. So, yeah. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for putting all that into perspective for me because that that feels really good, and I appreciate it very deeply. Wow, I'm definitely gonna make more soup now. Maybe I'll start just making different types of soup with veggies yeah i think that would be uh, especially root vegetables would probably be great for you as long as everything mm -hmm. else lines up you already know your body better than mm -hmm. anyone else but i do have to clarify it's not that i didn't like soup it's just like <laughs> it has seemed so like and i'll eat it and like i i drink broth all of the time miso broth bone broth it's just like the, the the making of like a creamy soup i'm just like i don't i don't have time for this right now like i just don't have the time to sit down and use an immersion blender also maybe there's a little bit of fear about the immersion blender there i get nervous when i turn it on i think i i use my immersion blender for the first time for food i think when i made split pea soup i bought it initially because i make stage blood and in smaller quantities, I can use an immersion blender to mix up my ingredients. Uh, it's actually how I got into alchemy. <laughs> Echo works in film. I just, that's been said previously. It has not been said on this podcast. That's why the fake blood's happening. Yeah. So that was my favorite part about working in film in the art department was uh, I worked, I think the first time I did it was I was on I was on a, a, one of those tacky murder recreation shows and obviously we need a lot of blood for that and I just like I found myself staying up until like three or four o'clock in the morning trying to find like the perfect shade of red and the perfect opacity and viscosity and consistency that would like not cause allergies and all of this because a lot of people just sidebar for everyone who's interested in making stage blood uh, or film blood and not that cgi nonsense the kids are using the key ingredient most people just use soap like uh, dish soap and then food coloring and water um, but the key to having that almost translucent quality and that thicker consistency a lot of people use peanut butter which is not necessarily uh, particularly healthy for some people with severe peanut allergies so I was like you know I was in my kitchen at like at like three o'clock in the morning with my immersion blend my little Betty Crocker immersion blender being like okay vegan non-dairy non-nut uh can wash out of clothes because of course all of wardrobe's clothing needs to be returned to the store so you don't want to have them lose on their budget line so it's like fuck how how do i make this but anyway so my immersion blender is pretty much uh stained red <laughs> to various <laughs> shades of red it's supposed to be white but i think that was the first time i used it actually that's so cute for food <laughs> and it's food safe because i'm the only one that's eating it but <laughs> <laughs> well you said that you know 
you mentioned how we are in tune weirdly and then you mentioned staying up super late with this I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing in my head because last night i texted you i texted you at like 5 30 in the morning and i say last night because i hadn't gone to bed and mm-hmm. i forget what it was it was something regular about like i think about herbal syrup i don't remember specifically what it was and then you responded to me immediately and i was like oh echo must be up just like have woken up and then you said I stayed up till 6 a.m. making these salves or these oils. Mm-hmm. Did you did you just wake up or did you go to bed? I was like, no, like I was up hanging up roses on my wall. I was tying, I was drying plants in the middle of the night. And then I was watching, I was researching syrup. Oh, I sent you a screenshot about a herbal syrup with like different ingredients and you'll see most places. And that's yeah. what I was Googling at like 530. I'll get in my bed and it's like, I have to read, I have to Google shit. I have to start, I have all these thoughts and things I want to learn about. Yeah, I had to, I had to succumb to a Kindle, uh, unfortunately, an e-reader, only because of the issue of like, I sleep next to my partner. So if he's in bed, uh, it's kind of rude to have a lamp on to read a physical book. But I've had to do the whole thing. I put my phone on airplane mode and like put my white noise machine on and like, just don't touch my phone. <laughs> after like as soon as I'm in bed I have like a rule where I can't use my phone in my bedroom and it's very very helpful because sometimes when I break it I just look up and I'm like oh it's it's the whole day I just all I need is to be amongst pillows and a cell phone and that's my life (laughs) I can just have my whole life pass me by (laughs) in this cocoon of wonderland I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I was up all last night. I just decided to not put myself down. Usually I have these weird bursts of creative energy between 11 and 3 a.m. for the past couple of months, which are really fun, but also very annoying because I'm exhausted during normal people hours when it would be nice to go to the bank or whatever. So usually I try to wind down and force myself to go to sleep by like two. But this time I was like, let's just roll with it. I wanted to make remake uh, a salve that I sent you. It was my moon mother salve. And it got so much better after my wisdom teeth got taken out because I was very much inspired by their haunting and all of the night terrors that my wisdom teeth caused me um, for various reasons. And it's one of the reasons why I made that moon mother salve to begin with, because it just, it has certain herbs and um, certain oils that I put in it and certain resins that I put in it that are all synergistic and harmonious to guide you through your dream work, which I'm a dream worker. I feel like you're also a dream worker, at least sometimes. There's very real psychological and physiological trauma and actual fucking hauntings that happen um in the dream space that get in the way of things that I actually need to accomplish so I made that first batch and it wasn't quite right I felt it wasn't like quite there and I didn't know what was missing or what was off um but as as soon as I got my wisdom teeth out I had all of these like connective energies just brought right online like weird mundane memories by the way that i just didn't know that i had access to all of a sudden i had it was like pandora's box (laughs) once i have more room in my mouth (laughs) 
<laughs> so there's fewer bones in there. I just have like, oh, my, some of my memories come back. Oh, my connection with plants is so much stronger. Wonderful, my night terrors aren't as strong. So I have this really fabulous formula that I was working on, but as I'm sure you know from your herbalism uh, experience, percolation and just the filtration process takes forever. It takes so long mm -hmm. and I have so many dumb contraptions and like things balancing on one another because I have a thousand jars and a thousand strainers and like they're all going at different rates and I'm just like literally if the wind blows incorrectly in here it's all coming down. <laughs> yeah percolation is so involved in the process. I've only percolated like root tinctures. I had never mm -hmm. done an oil or anything. I, don't, I didn't know you could do that actually. Mm -hmm. It's a final stage that I do. I have like the infusion process of the herbs into the oil and then I let it um, sort of percolate through a final maceration through a filter. So it's filtering and percolating at the same time. So Okay, that's cool. It's an interesting but very long process. I learned percolation as you can just let it go overnight. And I have never found that to be true. Like I have always had to like adjust the cap on the bottle, add add the alcohol. I just I don't know how I would just let it go. Yeah, I've never done it for tinctures, actually. I've only ever used mm. that method for my herbal oils and stuff but i actually I, I think tinctures are like the first thing that everybody who is into herbalism goes for because it's the most powerful extracts of the plants in you know a fastish time it's relatively simple and you're not inside of an mlm with all the other essential oil people so but then you realize that like most of them kind of uh you know unless you get the blends right they start to taste really rough and it's medicine and mm -hmm. you don't always need to be taking tinctures so it's mm -hmm. still very specific for what you need and and all of that so plus there's like ways that a plant is best taken or like worked mm -hmm. with too yeah that's why i i'm not uh i'm studying actual like medicinal herbalism pretty much always but also i told you about the Herbal Academy course, which I highly recommend. They have a bunch of wonderful classes that are stimulating and informative and very cool. Um, but I just, I'm an esoteric herbalist, so I can use all of that medicinal information, but the essence and the spirit and the vibrations of the plants um, are symphonic in the types of uh, things that I like to create. So I actually, this particular herbal blend asked me very specifically to be made into a tincture. So I was like, okay, all right. Well, we'll they're like, you're going to want it. You're going to want a lot of it. You should make a whole bunch. Okay, chill. I'll make them. Let's see. <laughs> like I, I double check the science when it's something you have to ingest. All right. So sit down, we'll play. Hold on. Well, that that was the whole thing today. That was why I uh, I had that accidental herb accident I mentioned when I was late when we sat down. Yeah, I didn't want to ask, but I really want to know. <laughs> I don't I don't fully know what happened, and there are some pieces of this that it could have just been me, my body being weird. So I've been like making these tea formulas, and I was finally 
Like I've done tests like little batches and stuff. And then there was one thing I wanted to add to one of the teas because it's like an er, it, it's like symbolically important. And I, I've never physically worked with the plant myself before. And so I got some of it from the herb shop here. Verbena, just blue vervain. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that on your list. Interesting. I've never used that in tea. So I didn't like know adding it into tea, like how much I should do because it's like an energetically really powerful plant Mm -hmm. and it's like the restless dead. It's there's, there's a, I'm not even going to get into it. Um, but it felt really important to go in this tea. And so, and I'd had it in the tea before and it was like, fine, but I, I was making a larger batch and I was like, I don't know how much overall to put in here. And I was going back and forth because some of my books were like, just matter of fact, talking about it as like a sedative. And then some were like, don't, it's definitely one you should not ingest if you're pregnant or trying to be pregnant or anything like that. Um, and I was just like, I don't know. I feel like really weirdly in my head about it. And so I put not that much in like the larger tea mixture I made. And then I made a cup of the other tea and then this tea. And then I had another tea that I was just drinking and I was like sipping all three of them. And then I don't know if I made like some type of placebo problem happen or what, but like, I just suddenly felt so tired. All the energy had left my body. Not like I was sick. I was like, wow, I am, I am winding down, like, but like so suddenly. And my body was like really hot too. Definitely, you know, I'm drinking hot tea, but it was just, I don't normally drink hot tea and then just like feel hot inside. Mm-hmm. And on my own, I was having these thoughts. And then I realized like, why am I looking at my hand like this? Like I was looking at my hand. I was just looking at it for no reason. And like moving my fingers around. So everyone who's listening to this. If you work with that, you'll probably have your own opinion. And Again, I haven't worked with it literally before. And hilariously, a few episodes back, I was talking with Stephanie Hardy of Gate and Garden. About, we were like, definitely don't do this. But also, like, when you work with plants, sometimes you fuck up. Yeah. I don't fully know what happened. And it's the only herb that in there that I don't really understand. There's debates in books and online, depending on where you look. Um, it's also, like, a herb that gets confused with other versions of it. Like, mm-hmm. there's different species of verbena um there's different there's even like hyssop itself it's it's like this whole confusing thing and so everyone has their own opinion uh, i'm just saying that that is the only thing that didn't make sense that was new but also i was drinking three different teas at the same time with like all different herbs in them lots of which are nervines none of which were notable sedatives though other than blue verbena but i don't know that's okay. I've done stupid shit like that too. I've told you about the very dumb poisoning myself that I have had happen to me. <laughs> it's like, you know, sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're much, much less funny for longer. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, insert disclaimer. This is not medical advice. Don't do these things. Um, go to the doctor if you're feeling sick, blah, 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 legal disclaimers for both of us. Um, 
but yeah, herbs are very, very powerful. And it's always really funny when, whenever I feel like I'm too familiar with them, they're just like, oh no, honey, go, go back to the line, back to the line. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the plant spirits do have a very fun sense of humor, which I think is kind of funny. I had a specific inspiration for this tea that Blue Vervain was in. There was no like medical bodily effect I wanted. It was like purely strangely artistic. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to like represent the name that I chose for it. It was I I was working backwards and I usually do not work that way for teas. And there were specific things that were like told to me when I woke up really abruptly one day that these have to go in there. And when I made it, this tea does not taste great. And then I was trying to fix it. And then everything was like, no, like, why would this tea taste good? What is it representing? Who is it in theory for all this stuff? It's like, it needs to be bitter. It needs to have like layers to it. It needs to be stuff that you'd like find around in this, like this idea. Um, It was all that stuff. And so I'm like, okay, in that case, is this supposed to be a tea? And I don't think it is anymore. Like, I think I'm supposed to do something else with this more esoterically. Mm-hmm. This one was like, no, I'm supposed to taste bad. I'm going to make you feel weird. It has to be these plants. And then I have to look at myself and be like, I'm not going to fucking drink this. and I'm not going to give it to someone else. I think it would make a really nice bath. Okay. So that's a good idea. Um, so it's, yeah, something else. And that's, again, that's part of that experimental aspect of herbalism. And then there's, you just, you accidentally like experiment on yourself sometimes. Like I can't describe, I was in the kitchen. I was like, the fuck did I do? Like I mm-hmm. am like, oh, of course I did this. But also a little bit of a dummy should have done more research on these things. And I knew that. So I'm responsible, but also I had to go through this process to get to this very specific point. But all those plants in there, it's about like removing things. Um, there's a symbolic. It's almost like an exorcism blend. But a lot of those plants are like about keeping things out, which fits the theme of the tea also, because that's part of the process of like what you would do with this tea if you were taking it as this person. So that's fun. art. Yeah, you have to always toe that line because you have to allow yourself to be open to that kind of inspiration because you and I do interact spiritually with plants in other dimensions and we speak to them in our own ways. And sometimes they just tell us that they want to be in a certain blend and we're like, all right, sure. Um, But also if you get way too into La La Land, you can really do some, some damage to your physiology so I usually allow myself like a a 65 35 blend of scientific base knowledge or research and you know divine inspiration or intuitive blending so I like make a blend like make lists of blends that I just intuitively want to be put together and then I reverse engineer them for what exactly they would do if they were interacting with one another. And usually it's fine, but I've absolutely caught myself in a, you, you would have had a bad day (laughs) if you had just made that based on intuition. Because if you, if you're also 
if you're just going to, you know, do the the purely herbalist uh, scientific method of everything, then you need illness to be present in order. You need a lack. You need a vacuum of something in order to fill it with herbs. So you're always chasing a negative, um, as opposed to I feel like with some of what we do sometimes is that art is created and um, interacts with the energies that already exist. Does that make sense? I just get really romantic about plants. <laughs> of course you did. Why wouldn't you? I, I love that. That's a really good way to, to express that and to explain it because, you know, I had that moment of like, why did I do this? Like, I, I know I'm smarter than this. I know that I don't normally, I haven't like been super inspired by plants in a long time. Um, this year it's been a hard year for like creative inspiration at all mm -hmm. and I was like why in this creative storm why is this one of like the first things that I do I'm like well that's part of the process like it's not doesn't mean I'm dumb doesn't mean I'm don't know what I'm doing to a certain extent but no. obviously there will always be more to learn that's why I like refer to myself as like an herbal acolyte because I'm always sense. Getting my ass kicked and hugged by herbs. That's that's how you do it. We weren't really taught to fail, so that's really important to. I, I don't know. I feel really grateful that um, the herbs that I have interacted with, even the ones that have kicked my ass, knew that that I needed my ass kicked in that specific way. Unfortunately. Um, in order to learn specific lessons, I wish I could learn them by getting, you know, gifts of beautiful fruit plates in the mail or something gentler, but that's not always the case. But, and this isn't obviously, again, not medical advice, don't, don't fuck yourself up. But, you know, they never push you further than you can handle. You know what I mean? Like they'll take you to the edge and be like, "We're up pretty high, aren't we?" Ooh, would be pretty, be pretty messed up if something were to happen. But it's fine. I don't know. Maybe I only hang out with the mob of plants. I do. I do want to circle back to your haunted teeth because you. We've talked about it a little bit, but we've kind of gotten off on fun little tangents, which I'm happy to talk about. But I do yeah. want to come back to that because you mentioned that you had specific like astrological things specific to you that that came up here and I also love if you could explain for yourself what having haunted teeth really means because I think that might help people understand a little more oh god I don't know if you I don't know if you want to understand um I do understand <laughs> <laughs> I want to know you seen my chart you know I have to know <laughs> I know you do it's hysterical um that's why i'm just like man i will just randomly text you stuff and i know that you want to hear it but i also feel like a huge fucking nerd because i'm just like i've texted you like 10 times today and they're all different weird nonsense things you asked me my thoughts about heated honey at like <laughs> 6 30 in the morning today well you sent me a syrup recipe with honey in it and it said to like not heat it and i was like man i almost started this conversation with you but we were in the middle of six other ones <laughs> I'd be like hey anyway but yeah so just to like recap a a, a very quick chat about uh, Venus retrograde it's about reformulating your habits and 
the things that make you feel safe and beautiful and your value systems, especially, uh, and especially through the sign of Capricorn, which is, you know, big daddy cap, um, the, the generational, the, uh, the, oh my God, what's the word patterning? It's your genetic, there it is, your genetic patterning. So with Venus in retrograde, just passing through, it's all of those things that we sort of habitually used to feel beautiful and good and safe and morally righteous sometimes, or, um, you know, just comfortable or things that used to bring us a sense of abundance and wealth. And with this retrograde, especially with its interactions with Capricorn, we are reevaluating those, they're unraveling, and we're giving ourselves a chance, if we're doing this mindfully and remediating this, um, we're giving ourselves a chance to rewrite our own story around this. And this is a really powerful transit. And I know that you and I are on the same page on a lot of things, obviously. Uh, soup, surprisingly, is one mm -hmm. of them. But mm -hmm. um, when it comes to, you know, you're not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of what Plutonic energies are or Saturnian energies are. So uh, I apologize for anybody who is listening to this and is like, fuck, this is grim. Holy shit. Trigger warning, I'm going to be maybe mentioning some of, of just a basket of of awful things pluto is the apps it's hits hades it's the underworld and everything that entails i think a lot of modern astrology especially the instagram bite-sized twitter kind of astrology while it's fun to interact with and scroll through is very uh buzzwordy and cliff notey and my biggest pet peeve is when people call neptune dreamy like okay do you like that's a that's a huge word that is a very intense word to just be like yeah you know you get it it's dreamy right yeah like i have night terrors sir do you not understand what <laughs> dreams may come robin williams was amazing in that film like that is a huge amount of description and characteristics both good and bad uh and everything in between that can be described within one tiny word that is just tossed about and not really connected with. So when I talk about Plutonian energies and the underworld, I mean death, decay, terror, trauma, your psychological torturing of yourself, especially when we have Venus here. This is uh, a really big time for people who have had issues with their eating, not just, you know, clearing up your skin like you do, but as someone who grew up in the early 2000s as a teenager, like those teeth have seen their fair share of alcohol, cigarettes, and a ton of stomach acid because of my eating disorder throughout high school and in the middle of college. So the self-flagellation, the actual decay that was happening inside of some of my teeth, which is disgusting, but it's also incredibly Saturnian and Plutonian with like the rot that's happening. And interestingly enough, like, I think this is interesting. So please stop me if it's not. But um, interestingly enough, I looked up when I went down this rabbit hole initially, and your wisdom teeth come in around the time in between the years of like 17 and 25. Right. So 
all of your adult teeth are usually in and then they pop in. I, just a, a quick aside, uh, when I talk about genetics and, you know, uh, lineage and all of that stuff being very Capricornian energies, um, I am one of the lucky millennials who has the Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune stellium in Capricorn fourth house gang so that's a lot of familial pain that's a lot of uh, family drama not just in my upbringing in my very unkind household that i was raised in but also just like literally in my bones my dna is like at war with certain parts of itself pretty constantly so that's just a quick aside so between the ages of 17 and 25 is when your wisdom teeth come in as a child of neglect, I was not taken to the dentist particularly often, and my oral care, among many other things, was not looked after. In my first semester of college, I had just turned 18, my father died on New Year's Eve 2008, and Pluto had just ingressed into Capricorn. It was in the first degree of Capricorn when my father died. So that first deacon where my natal Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune were just chilling in, in the sad family house, let's call it that. Pluto came rushing in from Sagittarius and made his debut and said, hey, fuckers, I'm here. Let's kill some people. So that kind of, you know, ruined my college experience a little bit. Mm -hmm. It wasn't super fun. But that's when my wisdom teeth sort of started erupting. I thought thematically that was pretty, like, adorable. <laughs> it's cute. Oh, my God, Pluto, <laughs> you're such an asshole. Shut up. Uh, the math works. And those were some of the most difficult uh, years of my young adult life, I have to say. I know that you know, you have been given a lot of shit astrologically about your uh, Saturn return. <laughs> Uh, because you have a whole bunch of aspects that are making life super unkind to you in various ways. Let me tell you something about my Saturn return, honey. I had it three times. Hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get it. And at one point uh, in 2019, Saturn and Pluto were just like hanging on the top of my Saturn return conjunct on Christmas. Like it was real fun. But that aside... The second funeral that I went to for my second parent that I buried was when I was 24, when Pluto ingressed into the uh, second deacon of Capricorn. So it had crossed almost all of my uh, wonderful trifecta of natal Capricorn planets. And uh, at that point, most of my wisdom teeth had fully come in. So that little fun cap and dental fact of the most difficult like traumatizing terrorizing years of my life were also when my wisdom teeth were coming in so they got all of my smoking years they got all of my eating disorder years they got all of my we're gonna put this just very loosely functioning alcoholic years and bookending both of my parents funerals just kind of I don't know. I think that's a fun little stage show in hindsight. After after my mom's funeral, it was 2014. And the 
night terrors were so intense at that point because all of this familial generational energy had been just shaken up like a snow globe like the dust had just come up and it was all over my dream space and i had no idea that the night terrors that i used to have i used to have very stressful dreams they were nothing compared to once my wisdom teeth were fully in at the age of 25 uh, as i was approaching my saturn return and my first of three and uh just completely demolished me in my dream space and again you know pluto is the underworld it's the unseen it is the unconscious it's not your subconscious it's your unconscious it's the running programs that are happening all of the time whether you're awake or you're asleep that feral lizard brain capacity that you have that if the right neurological connection were to take place then you could just completely become a different person it's like that's how intense plutonium energy can be so wow yeah as you can probably imagine that was a lot to deal with mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, make it sound a little casual and light, but like it was torture. It was psychological torture from all angles. And my teeth were witness to all of this. Interestingly enough, the biggest part of my difficulty I have with my appearance, because I guess throughout the story, you might uh, have guessed I don't have a great relationship with the people I'm blood related to necessarily, but of course, because I am blood related to them, I look like them. So your teeth, again, your face bones are one of the things that are very obviously markers of your family. Uh, it's not just the the way that your teeth grow in and the shape and the size and all of that, but I'm talking like the years of grinding my teeth because of how stressful my family situation was and how all of this these trials and tribulations um the effects that they had on me and that i wasn't allowed to show you're just not allowed to have feelings right in capricorn please no Mm -hmm. so that comes out in your dream space you grind your teeth and my teeth were in just such bad shape and of course the plutonian lovely delicious icing on the cake of all things that decay and rot away is shame and that really is the worst part of all of it because if anybody has gone through any kind of long-term trauma especially when it comes to childhood trauma um it's not about the the hardest part isn't necessarily getting over quote unquote the things that have happened to you it's the unconscious learned behaviors that you end up perpetuating as an adult without knowing. And it's all of these weird layers that you find out in one way or another through failed relationships or embarrassing moments or these weird, um, you know, loose ends that just never get quite tied up and you have to introspect and be like, oh, I guess 
I guess that was something that wasn't okay somehow. And you have to like reverse engineer stuff all on your own. But it really is the shame that you don't have this skill set of whatever it is that it, apparently everybody else does. Like nobody talks about going to the dentist. It's just sort of assumed that everyone does. And especially in the area that I grew up uh, in Florida, appearances were really a big deal. So you had to look as if everything was fine. And that especially was, you know, <laughs> with all of the, the people in my high school class, everybody had perfect teeth, hair, makeup, nails, like they had the best clothes. And I never really had any of that, which was fine until I realized that like, it's not just about cosmetics. It's the actual like shape of my jaw needs to be reconfigured. And like the crowding that wisdom teeth can have, uh, the space that's left in your mouth is significantly less. I didn't realize it until I got them removed. Of the amount of times that I was told to shut up and not say anything as a kid, uh, was in like encrusted in my jawbone to the point that when I had my wisdom teeth in as an adult, as a young adult, I didn't really have the capacity to speak my own truth or to stand up for myself, um, to talk about my feelings, all of that energy. And I, I talk about this in one of my classes that goes through the bare bone basics very, very intensely about the signs and their elemental graduations of them, um, especially with air signs. And we have all of the, I'm, gonna, I'm getting into astrology really quickly. I just told you part, parts of my life story. Um, <laughs> the first four signs are what I call like the baby signs. They're the most primal and the most um, intense without direction. It's you know, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer, and all of those exist in your mouth. Um, I'm a big proponent of connecting with your body through medical astrology, not medicinal astrology. I think I'm going to start using the word physiological astrology or something. I don't know. I have to figure it out because I'm not diagnosing anybody with anything, but it's a good symbiotic relationship if you're learning astrological themes to understand that Aries is your jaw from like the the top jaw, the top part of your mouth, so your upper teeth, all the way up to the top of your head and everything that implies. It's your sense of smell, your eyes, your hair, your scalp, your like bone structure, all of that. Um, and then Taurus is your lower jaw. That's your tongue and your throat, um, your esophagus specifically. Cancer is obviously the saliva that's in your mouth, all the blood flow that's in your mouth. And, you know, we have our Gemini windpipe and our vocal cords coming up through the throat and you're speaking. So this is really the only body part that all four primal signs are there working in concert to do pretty much the most essential act which is what i'm doing right now it's communicating right i'm showing my my reality to you in order to enrich yours so all of that being said that aside um the way that we're spoken to and treated as children regardless of who our primary caretakers are 
is the template that we use to communicate with ourselves and forms our internal monologue, as well as how we communicate with others. So that's a lot of information your teeth are holding. That's a ton. And that's, again, that those bones are Capricorn energy. So that's not just you and all of the, the habits and things that uh, you were taught. It's everybody that's ever been genetically related to you is in your DNA, in your bones, and in your teeth. So that rippling out into your habits and into how you communicate with yourself and with other people, um, it's a big deal. But now that they're out, I certainly have a much better handle on who I am, what I want to say, and all of that caked in residue of unkindness that was a template really was an extraction um, from an energetic place and not just a physiological place. So for me, it wasn't just, I'm getting my wisdom teeth out, whatever, it's a little late, but who cares? It really, I made it into a ritual. The reason why I know for a fact that this is the case energetically, uh, and my teeth are very haunted. They're sitting right in front of me in a tiny jar full of salt because I don't want to deal with them yet. <laughs> the reason why I know for a fact that they are haunted is, and chime in, man, because I know I've been monologuing for a hot minute now, but whenever I need to do a cleanse, whenever I have like a parasitic energy on me or uh, some type of uh, cleansing that needs to happen with some consciousness, I find so many excuses not to do it all of a sudden. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. Do I have to? Oh, it's fine. It's probably fine. Um, you know, there's every, every I, I do ritual bathings on, on the full and new moons and I clean my house and the whole thing. So sometimes I want to put it off and I want to put it off. And it's always because whatever is existing in that energy space that needs to be cleaned wants to stay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I was on the phone with you a couple of days before my appointment and I just got really fucking fidgety and I was like I don't I don't know if I want to do this do I have to do it it's not a big deal do I need to do this it's whatever <laughs> I think you pulled cards for it and like the first thing you said you were just like yeah you're like weirdly scared of this and I don't know why it's not a big deal <laughs> I uh I still have the the polls I did and I was thinking about that while you were talking I was like I hope that you mention, or I hope that she mentions the the resistance you had because that's like shit getting annoyed that you're thinking about getting rid of it 101. Like I think about that a lot. If you if you ever have, um, at least for me, it's like there's parts of my house that I like get motivated to clean, and then I like make an excuse not to clean it, and it's not that much stuff. What the mm -hmm. fuck is living in there? Yeah. What is living in there that is like, no, don't clean up this pile of shirts this is my home which I feel kind of bad I'm like I want to I don't know like then I start thinking about it too much but for the cards that I pulled for you if I get back on track here I still have them I remember it was the the nine of pentacles and the nine of swords were right next to each other and that to me like is needing to decide to put yourself through some aspect of pain yeah I mean the thing about it too is I 
had just because again I work in film and if you have uh, paid attention at all to the new circuit around how film workers have been treated and the whole strike thing that was happening last year or proposed strike I won't go into it but uh, those are 16 you know 12 to 16 hour work days depending on what you uh, end up working on so you don't get paid a ton of money and you're also working your ass off in a physical job um and it's you don't get days off you just are a gig worker on those kinds of hours so it's really difficult to go to the doctor and attend to your health anyway and especially when we look at the fact that you know the united states is going through its pluto return and while venus is in retrograde it just it's just almost so obvious that it feels silly to point it out or like preachy or something it's just like everybody already knows this what are you talking about but like it really speaks to the one-upsmanship and the sense of identity that american culture has with suffering and with overworking ourselves and not taking care of our physical health and having that be virtuous as opposed to something that is actually harmful which is what it is Mm -hmm. so taking a day off for you know going to the doctor or going to the dentist or even people who eat healthy on set there's this like sense of in the workforce if you're not miserable you're an asshole because you think you're better than me (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) like oh you work out cool I wish I had time to work out I had two hours of sleep last night it's like this weird who can suffer more which isn't a surprise when you realize that America was founded by people who wanted more restrictive religious practices and so they left the Church of England. They were huge bummers. I don't know why people think that America was founded by like righteous dudes. Like, no, they just wanted to be <laughs> bummers. And they were really good at being huge bummers for fucking 200 years. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, that's leached into our culture of like, you know, you are not worthwhile unless you have been through a substantial amount of suffering and then you can't have any residual effects from all of that trauma and suffering. You just have to quietly, like, nobly bear it and then throw it at people when they underestimate you. (laughs) Like, you don't self-care. Don't go to the doctor, you know, don't do any of that. But you know you get you get a fake award for being self-righteous I guess I don't know it's so incredibly thematically linked which is why I like to teach astrology this way where it's like it's all of these plutonian concepts all of these capricornian uh, concepts of intense workmanship over generations that's not just you know in your literal bones and in your DNA it's in the traditions that are passed down through family lines, through the way you communicate with yourself and one another, through cultural um, institutions and our relationship with work and value. That's all very Venus retrograde and uh, Pluto and Capricorn. Um, And of course, all of that being tied back to working in the film industry, you just don't have time. It's not something that's acceptable to go take care of yourself and, and go to the doctor much less the dentist, but, you know, everybody has their injury, their, their 
scars or whatever that they show with pride. So long story, slightly less long, uh, I finally decided to start slowing down in 2019 and I got brave enough and I handled some of my deeper wounding uh, about that and started looking at, uh, at dentists. And then little Miss Rona decided to grace us with her presence. So uh, I had to wait for a minute. And the first dentist that I was able to go to was in September of 2021. And they were, <laughs> it was a bad dentist. <laughs> I was very interested in just the cosmetic aspect of it. I was interested in, you know, obviously getting cleaning, figuring out what cavities I need to be filled, whatever. But I just wanted to get my teeth to look fine superficially. And mm -hmm. I, I tried to cut corners, which is not something that Capricorn is interested in you doing. Are you kidding? This, this plutonium Capricornian <laughs> energy is like, are you fucking kidding? You got here. You got here. And you went to a two-bit dentist. It's the worst pain I've ever been to in my entire life. I spent so much money, so much more money than I was necessary. And I've never been scared of going to the dentist. I just never was taught how to do that as a continuing of care. So these people were really not great. And I would wake up in the middle of the night in agony because my fillings had like gaps in them, which is very, very painful. Oh my God. Yeah. Between like the filling and the, the tooth, which I didn't know was a thing. Um, so I had gone, I think in October of this year, I went to the dentist six times in one month because I had to like get my two filling appointments and then get up the courage to be like, I don't think I deserve to be in pain like this. I know I haven't been taking care of my teeth, but I, 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 I think it's time that I stand up for myself on this one and get a second opinion. And I went to the dentist that I have now and they were like, they took x-rays and they're like, holy shit, who did this to you? <laughs> like, yeah, you should absolutely oh get a refund. Uh, fun fact, if you, if any of your listeners are feeling like they have been uh, to a dentist who has done work that you're not pleased with, you can absolutely get a refund. You can ask for one at least. And uh, usually they'll be fine with that. So, you know, again, that money handling, that uh, superficiality, um, versus actual like uh, structural change is not um, not something you want to play with in terms of in in terms of Pluto and Capricorn energy. But they were the ones who said that I should get my wisdom teeth taken out because I wasn't planning on doing it, and uh, I ended up getting that done on the 29th so I could spend New Year's recovering from a really intense fourth quarter of 2021, uh, just mm. getting the decay and rot ripped out of my head so that I can actually become the adult that I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. That was a that. lot. Not That was a lot, but like in a good way. I mean, I'm, this is the first time I've heard the full story too. So I, I didn't know the extent of the dental trauma that you've been through recently and um it's interesting because when i first saw a picture of you one of the first things i noticed was like how we have a similar jaw shape at least in photos 
And Mm -hmm. at least in my real life understanding of myself, which is different than, you know, obviously pictures on the internet, but then pictures I've seen of you, because I've never seen you in person. I I thought that at first, I thought it was interesting that we, we have a similar job. And then even hearing you describe the problems that you've had with your mouth um, and jaw and all of that, and some of the energetic reasonings for that, that is so eerily similar to me. It's freaking me out a little bit. Right? Yeah. It's, I had a feeling that I needed to tell you of all people this particular story. I'm interested in, in your experiences with Tika. Fucking talk about, I really do. This is the most I've talked about teeth in my entire life. <laughs> I used to have an episode. It's not up anymore because it was one of my early ones where I just, I couldn't think about it being on the internet anymore, but it's called Q&A and it's, I talk a bunch about teeth in it. And then I had another episode up for a while that was a second Q&A that was called I Talk a Lot About Teeth Again. So this is just the third <laughs> installment of Teeth. It was a joke thing. Like people would send me memes about teeth. My friend Paul constantly. Um, yeah. It's like I have I have my wisdom teeth in a jar also. And I have. Yeah, you just whipped him out when I was like texting you about it. I was like, do you think it's weird if I ask the dentist to keep my teeth? Is he going to be freaked out? You just sent me a picture. You're like, I have mine in a jar. Yep. <laughs> I, I have told this many aside on the pod before. I don't remember when, but there was a point. And this is like when I realized how weird I'd gotten. <laughs> I, I lived with this person. I don't know what they're up to in life anymore for a while. And for like about a year, we lived together. And I put my jar of teeth in the spice cabinet in the kitchen because I thought, haha, you know, but I didn't think much of it. It wasn't like, haha, this is so funny. I can't wait till my roommate sees. Me being myself, I put them in there. I was like, lol. She found them a couple of days later and was just like, what? Why would you do this? No, like, I don't find this funny. This is gross. And I genuinely didn't understand. I felt really bad because I was like, I wasn't trying to be like a horrible roommate. But I clearly did not think this through. And like from a from her perspective, it is really weird to have someone do that. And so I understand. But also that's why I like love my jar of teeth so much now, because I don't think it's weird to have your teeth around. Cause you have them around all the time. You invite people into your home, they bring like a shit ton of teeth into your house, so you don't get weird. <laughs> and hopefully they leave with all of them. Yeah, it all goes well. Yeah, it's like people. There are certain people, and there's nothing wrong with this, but like I don't have a problem with hair either. Like hair in the shower or whatever. It's just like it just is a thing. I know people who really do not like. Like they get grossed out. One of my old roommates would, and she was, of course, (laughs) roommate life. Uh, She would be the one who whose hair it was. I was like, why are you grossed out by your own hair? That doesn't make any sense. Just clean it out of the shower. It's not letting you not clean the bathroom because hair grosses you out. <laughs> what? That that seems like a cop out. But yeah, yeah, it's just like human once like nail clippings too. I mean, obviously all, all of the stuff is spell work, detritus anyway. It's very powerful. But yeah, like nail uh, nail clippings. Some people really don't like nail clippings but some people keep jars of their own fingernails so we're not there unless you are and i don't know about that and this isn't the fingernails episode <laughs> let's stick to teeth okay I'm, I'm joking we can talk about whatever 
Oh, I don't have a jar of fingernails or toenails no? laying around. I don't. That's why I was like, I was gonna, I was, I was holding space in case that was your back. But it's that's fucking gross. Don't do that. <laughs> no, it's for me. It's it's literally it's just teeth. Um, I have all my mom found a box of my baby teeth in her closet, and they're all individual yeah. Ziploc bags. And she and and I don't talk to her about this stuff very often. Like she kind of knows what I do, but like. If she's listened to the podcast, if she's done like other looking around, I don't know for sure about it. And we've never like talked about it, but there was a couple of years ago, she found my box of all my baby teeth and was like, I feel like you would want these. And I was like, absolutely. I do. Yes, (laughs) I do want these. So I just have them. I'm like worried about opening Ziploc bags. I don't know what they'll just disintegrate. I have like no knowledge of like actual bones and I'm a very when I was a kid I was like really nutrient deficient and that's not like I I ate food and stuff like that I never like went hungry it was more of like my body doesn't retain nutrients very well which is what I really paid for as an adult you know if you're an iron deficient person there's a reason your body's not retaining iron and so pumping your body full of iron doesn't always help but watching pumping iron will so. Yes, uh, yeah, the scoring <laughs> is absolutely getting shredded um, with a really bad platelet count. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> deplate your platelets. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done now. <laughs> it's awful. But yeah. Like so, I whipped out this jar of teeth uh, because I had them, and I well, I don't even know how, where where was the starting point of what I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about jaws. My jaw. So I've always had. <laughs> This is a weird conversation. Topic. The movie Jaws. Also, tons of teeth in that movie. <laughs> Hundreds of them. There's a whole Jaws land in Japan. In oh, really? Universal Studios in Japan. It's fucking Jaws land that in awesome. like a quarter of the park. It's really Again, it's it's really cool. Wow. You know what's funny? Actually, the, the first, speaking of teeth, speaking of teeth, um, the first like psychic encounter i ever had with some kind of entity or whatever was with an alligator that was in you know my whole meditative space or whatever and before i left the the trance he just like pulled out one of his teeth and he gave it to me and he was like you're gonna need this i snapped out of it and i was like what the fuck was that about and i found uh, they just sell alligator teeth on the internet as like jewelry which i was unaware of but i was like yeah you know what i'm not above being a consumer for (laughs) the ether (laughs) i'm getting advertisements from my meditation spaces now sure i made it into a protection talisman that was guarding me through a very specific point in time right when that saturn pluto conjunction was happening actually in capricorn in 2019 and it popped off my neck it was like kind of insane actually the exact moment that it just broke and it would not like restring itself on the chain anyway teeth it's what's for dinner wow Man, talismans are fascinating. Um, but I am I am gonna stop myself from not talking about talismans. I have to finish my other thoughts that I've opened. Yeah, so you have a jaw that's shaped like my jaw. Yes. I did wanna I think I started to say the sentence and then I forget why I didn't finish it. But teeth in general, even in just general 
dental herbalism is a not a thing that's very common that you'll hear about. No. And it's it's no. really hard. Cuz it's also like you can't even really evaluate your own teeth yourself. It's you almost have to have someone else look cuz you can't fucking see in there. It's literally a cave on your face. So you have stalagmites, stalactites, it's damp, it's dark. There's <laughs> a monster in there. There's a that's your tongue and there's like a <laughs> tunnel to seemingly another world in the back that like if you go down it you won't come back from that's like if mm-hmm. you're underwater or whatever or above but it's it's representative of like so much difficulty and darkness and damnness like that whole pluto vibe too i think i mean i know that maybe not be fully accurate with physiological astrology but of course it's it's something that's harder to talk about because there's a lot to hide in there and that's just something I find fascinating. And so I'm really interested in teeth in general, partially because of that. But also, like in my own life, I had a lot of stuff when I was a kid that essentially my enamel was really thin my whole life and still mm-hmm. is now. And so I've always really gotten cavities and had, you know, cold sensitivity and like just had a really sensitive mouth in general. It hurts. It's pain. It's yeah. painful. Yeah. I kid you not. It just doesn't matter what I do. These are just consistent things. So I know when and I'm used to it, when I go to the dentist for a cleaning, they find one or two cavities and then I have to come back and get those filled and then repeat around or whatever. That's just normal mm-hmm. for me. I had at one point when I had bracket braces, they all fell out of my mouth. What? The metal ones? The metal ones. They <sighs> were glued onto my teeth. And my enamel was so weird, they fell out of my mouth. And they had to use a special glue because of that for people. And they would have done that in the first place, I guess, if they'd known that I had really thin enamel. But I had really bad, that was a horrible orthodontist though. They would yell at me. I don't know, I'm like, I was really young. So I was like, this is just how things this is just how, how it's adults the template are. for how you, ex- like the acceptable behavior. Yeah, exactly. And that's a whole other thing but i developed a lot of fear around like going to the dentist um also going to the doctor for different reasons and then uh orthodontist all that stuff and so um because i've always had to go a lot too and there's as a kid like it just gets to a point where like you know you're going to the dentist and it just means pain it means bad news it means you're costing your family money it means all of these things that um i just i just didn't didn't want Talk about the Pluto and Capricorn, like decay costing you money. Just Mm -hmm. like that's really the only negative connotation I ever had with the dentist because I I had a nice dentist when I was a kid. I just, my mom just kind of gave up and was a ghost for most of my life after like the age of six or seven. So I just kind of stopped getting care in various areas. Um, but I do remember very specifically, like also having thin enamel and also like, I think my molars were really deep. And so when I would be grinding my teeth at night, my, the top points of my molars would gnash up against each other and they would splay. So there'd be these huge cracks. Literally that's, that's what I have. It's like, a stressful life. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, it's expensive. It's expensive as fuck. Yeah, that's Sorry. the only thing I remember. No, like, I love, I love that we're we're bonding over the gross sewage that's in our mouths <laughs> and talking about it. Well, the decay costing you money thing. When I close my mouth, when I like bite and whatever, there is no force distribution. So all of, I'm I'm essentially cracking my teeth, my back mm-hmm. teeth all the time. I've had I had to get 
a crown because of that already. Yeah. The what I ended up getting when I was the last dentist dental visit I went to before I like before I became an adult ish was in order to combat that I think I don't remember what they're called filaments filaments doesn't sound like the right word but they're basically like sealants so they're basically like pre cavity fillings where they would put in like the resin over your teeth and just create a new like surface area structure for it so it's not like a crown necessarily but they're cheaper and they're supposed to be able to alleviate that but mm. I remember that dental appointment very clearly because I left the dentist and the first bite of food that I took like a huge chunk of my sealant came out and I was like great well I've had Wonderful. I had one of my crowns break because of my jaw again and then I had to get it redone with a stronger more expensive material and then Yikes. it's like continuously like that um for like years now like things like that and again it's like that paying so much money for all this decay in your mouth it's like I mm -hmm. I have this like resentment towards myself about like how I have these weird gums thin enamel jaw that just breaks itself and then so much like tension and pain in my jaw muscles and tmj and all of that stuff my wisdom teeth mm -hmm. story was a lot about um they didn't understand it because i didn't know at the time i told you this a little bit already but i was completely out during it when i got my wisdom teeth removed and they cranked my jaw too far open and for mm -hmm at least like a month afterward, I couldn't eat a sandwich. I couldn't like open my mouth to eat like, not like a thin peanut butter sandwich, but like a, like a deli sandwich, you know, I couldn't do it. I still this day, like when I open my mouth, it goes, my jaw cocks to the left. Oh, so it was like hyperextended for too long. And so when I go to the dentist now, I can't, my cleanings take longer because they have to put like a cushion in my mouth. And then I can't, because I can't leave my jaw open that long or it'll lock <laughs> and then my mouth will be stuck. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like all these special instructions in all of my files. And so, yeah, jaw, teeth, all these weird things. And it's that like resentment around decay costing you money because like half that shit's like out of it just it's out of our control in a weird way. Mm -hmm. It's your it's your actual genetics. There are just some genetic markers of like the things that have been passed down to you in your family your your physio physiological traits that when in conjunction with you know trauma from emotional issues that you have with whoever in your bloodline or even like as a kid that you experience like that stuff adds up and it builds up and it compounds on itself like my night terrors were so much worse in between the ages of 17 and 24 but i was grinding my teeth since i was a kid and i i will refrain from uh going into certain conditions that i was like dealing with back then but suffice it to say it was a stressful ass environment and um there was a point right after my dad died i think it was in 2008 2009 it was right after the economy just collapsed um I would have such intense night terrors where one, it would be those dreams where all your teeth fall out. Um, or I would be like running, trying to get to the dentist and I wouldn't make it in time. And I would just spit all of my teeth out and I would just cry. Cause like, they're all just gone. <laughs> those are really intense anxiety dreams. 
I've had more than one occasion where I just wake up from such a stressful dream that I've been clenching and grinding my teeth for so many hours so intensely that my muscles have spasmed and I just can't open my mouth for a certain period of time. Like that was like, this is plutonic fucking rage in um, a really very specific area. And it's awful. It's it's terror. I mean, that's what Pluto really is. And I think that's the reason why I am glad I'm glad all of this happened to me so this podcast could happen because uh initially we wanted to just talk about the transits that were happening right now and how twenty twenty two would look. And I am in the camp of astrologers that I don't want to I don't want to do predictions for twenty twenty two. There is a ton of tiny fires that could be enormous explosions that if like it's just a minefield my beautiful friend i do not know who all of your listeners are by name i'm sure all of you are really wonderful (laughs) but i don't know you know what what perspectives or beliefs you may or may not have so any one like phrase or uh insinuation even about something like doom and gloom and this really intense decay um happening on a global scale or a cultural scale or a a government scale would not be wise for uh, pretty much anybody to talk about. And if you, if you listen to any astrologers that are doing 22 predictions, they are being very big, very, very big. (laughs) (laughs) And that's for a reason Um, because these are just like, you know, personal uh, anecdotes of, of Pluto and Capricorn uh, transiting really difficult placements. As you can see, they're really fucking intense. I will say, circling back to herbalism uh, a little bit, the best thing that I have found for any kind of like medicinal healing for your mouth, um, a myrrh tincture is fabulous Mm -hmm. um, in salt water. You can add a few, like 10 drops to like, half a cup of warm water and some salt swish that around uh i had my was it the fourth right now we're recording so it's a week ago i had my wits and teeth extracted and i feel completely healed i just feel like the stitches um are really annoying right now but that's (laughs) you know there, there was like almost no pain nothing and i was like Using myrrh, I have a mastic hydrazole, which is also another type of resin. Uh, mastic gum is a beautiful gift from our trees. Uh, and that hydrazole was really good when I was having really intense tooth pain uh, from that crackpot dentist that I went to. Um, and I just had to like, sp- like spraying hydrazole in my mouth on my teeth. I looked insane. But it was very, very wonderful. And then I think I'm probably going to butcher the name of this but i do want to mention it because it's one of those plants that like Spilanthes? no oh that, that one's always hard for me to say that's what i was thinking about never mind just <laughs> like random rats everybody just yelled <laughs> <laughs> no but i love it i love it you can edit this part out if you want because i made a tincture of uh and i'm still absolutely going to butcher this but it's um Umkalobo. Um, Kaloabo root. It's very, uh, it has intense tannins 
and it's mm. blood red tincture. I almost Ooh. I wanted to send you some. Is that it's one you beautiful. Sent me a yeah, I did end up yeah, I did end up sending a picture of it to you. But um yeah, it's a really it called out to me and it was like, You don't need me. Come on, come on now. Um geranium. It's a member of the geranium family. Oh, okay. But yeah, it smells beautiful. I think I kind of want to try and put it in incense, but I have to ask it first. It's a beautiful uh, tincture to use if you need, if you're having like um, clotting issues or, or have uh, inflammation or bleeding happening. Um, obviously not an open wound, but like sores and stuff in your mouth and in your throat. It's really good for your upper like throat and mouth area to just get everything back to where it needs to go tighten it up good to know so yeah tincture of myrrh mastic and uh thank you so much for sharing yeah i kind of want to send you some but i feel like you're a mom sometimes i'm like honey you need a care package i'm gonna send you these herbs <laughs> but i do have to send you a package full of herbs soon so i might put some in there if you want to <laughs> sure Thanks, Ab. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is a very fun chat. There were definitely points where I forgot we were recording, so I'll have to edit. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, same. A couple That's of things good, here. But you teach classes. You've got offerings online. You want to give everyone here mm-hmm. a, a list of where to find you and what you're up to? Oh, Lord. Um, I am on instagram sometimes at fancy monster vision i have a link to my acuity schedule there my website should be up by the time this podcast is out fingers crossed um, and that's fruitionvisions.com so yeah if you want to book a reading i do astrological readings i do one-on-one classes uh i do sometimes teach online classes through zoom at certain uh, occult shops around and uh yeah i also do custom esoteric herbal blends uh, and also just consultations if you are interested in incorporating herbs into your spell work but you aren't super confident i love just chatting with people and teaching you how to be you know uh empowered to interact with the stars and the plants alike so that's it i only have two links <laughs> nice i will have all those listed in there and maybe some others i think of in case there's some that are forgotten we shall see what the future holds and if you are new to this podcast and you'd like to find me you can find me at mothmana.com there's information there on readings as well as a gallery of my digital art and links to Instagram and Twitter. So you have Instagram at MothManaTarot, Twitter at ManaAlen. And I'm not doing the Patreon thing anymore. And I probably will have put something at the beginning of this, like reminding people why. But you can, if you'd like to, support me on Ko-Fi. That's ko-fi.com slash ManaAlen. So thank you again, Echo, for being here. This was a really fun chat. I hope people like tea because that's what they were served tonight. Yeah, delicious tea. Thank you for thinking that uh, me monologuing about trauma and decay and rot is fun because I also think it's fun and that's why we're friends. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs>